What's up, friends, enemies, loved ones? My name's Kyle. I surf, I make movies, and I love asking questions. These are conversations with fascinating people I meet along the way. I live such a fantastically blessed life. Hashtag blessed. I'll tell you why. Because I get to interact with interesting people in many different circles. I get to sit down with professional big wave surfers, filmmakers. I get to call a few really smart people in the environmental world, my friends. And this podcast is a good excuse to sit down with them and ask them questions. If you listened to the previous episode, you will know that I was recently in Costa Rica, where I used ayahuasca for my first time, uh, down at a, a center called Rhythmia. It's the first medically licensed ayahuasca treatment center in the world. And while I was down there... I also participated in a transformational breathing session. I'm not going to get too deep into it, but it is a breathing technique that can bring up a lot of emotional shit, as you will hear. This podcast probably sounds more like a Kyle therapy session than it does a regular episode. But uh, for those of you who aren't into using psychedelics, I totally get that. No problem. But you should know that there are other tools out there that don't involve any substances. And they can get you very quickly to deep, introspective, important places. And I hope that after this episode, you think about breathing differently. And you breathe differently. This episode is with the facilitator of the session, Nicole Rager. And we talk about breathing for an hour. And what else? What else? What else? What else? It was cool. This It was super cool. Hey, if you like this podcast uh, or hate this podcast or have recommendations for new guests, head over to my website, kyle.surf, not kyle.surf.com, just kyle.surf. Say what's up, reach out. I love hearing from all of you. Donate to the podcast. What? Crazy idea. Uh, I give away gear from all of my surf sponsors every month, like Patagonia Provisions, uh, Sector 9 Skateboards, RPM Fitness. I send out awesome shit to anyone who donates just a few bucks a month. Uh, three people win every month and I would love to stoke you out. So head over to Kyle.surf, say hello. And without further ado, please welcome the beautiful, the intelligent, the amazing Nicole Rager. I'm in Cape Town. I was the only journalist in northern Nigeria. Not an adventure until you get lost in Tijuana. You get caught inside by a giant wave, you feel really alone. I love the adventure of waking up and not knowing what will happen and that being my job. I'm standing at a desert oasis right now. A lot of tourists don't see this part of Bali. Smiles and thumbs up. Thumbs up. Well, the the transcendental state can happen for sure, and that's a valid expectation and desire. But what often happens to get you there is that some of the lower vibrational stuff will come up first, that you'll experience that trauma. Because as we go through life, based on where we've come from, uh, social conditioning experiences, your parenting all sorts of things, what was safe to experience, what you told yourself was safe to experience, what you wanted to feel, what you didn't. As we go through life, often we will not fully experience what we feel, right? We're not capable either, especially when we're super young. And so we repress our emotions, consciously or not. And one of the easiest way for us to do that is to control our breath, to either breathe super shallowly or to breathe in a certain area or whatever. We don't even know we're doing it, but it happens from a very young age, especially during traumatic experiences. So 
as you begin to open your breath and breathe deeper and more fully, then naturally what happens, it's an amazing thing, that, that those energies that you repress just start to come up and transform. It's incredible. Why? It's an energetic thing, really. Um, when you breathe, the way that I was coaching you to breathe last night is an integrative style. So it's a connected style, and it sounds like... Um, you do a few yeah, rounds. Can I do it? Yeah. yeah. So you emphasize the inhale and you relax the exhale. So it's going to sound like this. So if you think about our breath, it's so powerful. I mean, the Easterners have known how powerful the breath is for thousands of years, right? And it's our very life force. If we stop breathing, we die. So that just tells you right there how powerful it is right so as we start to breathe in that way it's one of the most high vibrational frequencies that we can experience so when you breathe in that circuitous fashion you start to create a very high vibrational frequency so emotions are all energy they're all frequencies as well so things like peace love happiness joy that sort of transcendental state that you want to experience that bliss those are super high vibrational frequencies well things like fear sadness grief depression shame all of those uh those are and even just negative thoughts those are all very low vibrational frequencies and you can feel it right when you're like in love and happy and blissful you're like your whole energy expands you feel light you feel like nothing can hold me down but then when you feel depressed, how do you feel? How's your body feel? Like your shoulders come down, you feel, it feels super dense. So there's a physical principle called entrainment. And what that says is when you bring a high vibrational frequency in contact with a low, that the low vibrational frequency raises up to meet the high. So it actually transforms, changes form. And when that happens, you might feel what's going on. I was, um, I'll, I'll take you through the experience. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd like to hear from your end too. <laughs> sure. So, uh, you laid us back on, on pillows and there was, uh, a pillow underneath our knees. So we were in a very comfortable, um, leaned back position raised mm-hmm. slightly at a 45 degree, degree angle. Um, and you coached us to start, breathing and the first thing that happened is I started to feel a little bit tingly Mm -hmm. and I don't know how long it was in it it was as I I've tried to track the experience chronologically uh and it's it's difficult for me to recall when it actually happened Mm -hmm. but what happened was all all of a sudden I noticed that my hands turned into claws <laughs> where my five fingers uh, were stuck together like they had a rubber band around them mm-hmm. and I couldn't physically open them. And I noticed all of a sudden this pulsing energy coming from my elbow out through um, my fingers. But it wasn't this flowing mm-hmm. energy like, oh, there's all this energy flowing out my hands. It felt like... Uh, it felt like squeezing a tube of toothpaste out of a tube that was too small. So it was barely, barely coming out. Ouch. <laughs> and um, what then started to happen was my hands started to shake. And I was continuing to breathe, going. <sighs> and um, at a certain point, what happened was um, I was transported back to a a scene where I was um, in a hospital and there was an anesthesiologist over me and the anesthesiologist was um, an Asian guy in his mid 40s and this is a real guy who was my anesthesiologist um, who I haven't thought about in years um, and he was the one who was was giving me the the anesthetics uh, for uh, an injury that I had. I, I broke my radius and my ulna. I had a compound fracture when I was 16. Um, and I had to get my bones um, put back together with plates and screws inside. 
Um, I then rebroke the same arm, the same uh, radius, when I was, uh, I believe, 19. Uh, mountain biking the second time. First time was skateboarding. Second time was mountain biking. And then I broke, and every time they had to go in, take out that metal, put in new metal. Mm-hmm. Quick anecdote. Did you know that when they take out the uh, metal from your arm, they reuse it and they tend to send it down into other countries where they don't have um, all of the metal used. So the ar- the metal that was in my arm for a few years is now, now in someone else's. Is now in you know the kid That's down the crazy. street's arm somewhere else. Um, but wow. Uh, then I broke this. I broke the same arm again when I was I believe twenty. Four. Three times? Three times. Skateboarding the third time. So so a ton of trauma. You can see I have a huge mm-hmm. scar on, on my arm. Um, and very. I'm, I'm a good healer, so it was very quick healing. Um, a couple months out of the water every time. No more. Uh, my arm still feels tender if I ever get a massage. The, and the masseuse, masseuse hits something. Like, Whoa, wow, yeah. that was a, a zing. But I, I felt like I was over it. And... Um, it was also funny because after my my ayahuasca journey, I didn't have really any um, deep emotional release. It was all very beautiful insights. I was writing a ton in my journal where I would ask a question and then I would answer the question immediately. It was very cool, but yeah. there was almost a feeling of like, yeah, like I, I worked yeah. out all my shit. You know, like yeah. I, don't, I don't have, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I meditate. I'm good at talking about things like i i don't mm-hmm. have any of that that's yeah. great right there was still a little like <laughs> little pat on the back kyle right on mm-hmm. good so i was i was in the scene with uh the anesthesiologist and all of a sudden i just started bawling deep like, <sighs> like very very deep crying and um all i could the only words that I could repeat is that um, you were just doing your job, but I'm ready to heal now. Mm. And I just kept saying, I'm ready to heal now. I'm mm. ready to heal now. And uh, my hands were were pulsing and I couldn't, still couldn't hold them. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, um, as I was saying that and I was as mm. I was sobbing, um, you came over and you and you turned me on my side. Mm-hmm. So I was I was into curled into a ball, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden my hands were able to slowly, slowly, slowly start to open. And then what happened was the energy shifted, and I was continuing to breathe, continue because it it is um is similar to a natural crying uh, breath that like. <sighs> Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. It, it, it felt good to continue that breath as I was sobbing. It didn't feel like a forced thing. Yeah. And there were points when I would stop and then I would con- just continue to say, okay, just work through this, just work through this, mm-hmm. just work through this. And all of a sudden the energy shifted to my stomach where I, uh, when I was 15, I had, um, I ruptured my appendix down in Mexico and I had to get an emergency operation uh, while I was in Mexico. And they took out all my, my intestines uh, and I was in the hospital down there for 10 days and I had a lot of di- digestive issues for about a year and a half after that. Uh, and, but I have since healed and haven't, I have a big scar on my stomach, but I haven't thought about it in a few years. And, yeah. and it still is a, you know, it's a big scar, but I felt like I gone through it. Haven't had any digestive issues in a while. And all of a sudden, all the energy started to constrict down in my appendix, as well as down in uh, right below my appendix, where I had a, a hernia when I was like 20. I've had a lot of surgeries, <laughs> so you can tell, um, which I never really thought very much about because a hernia, is, it's a smaller surgery. And it was kind of just like, oh, yeah, well, that I don't think I have any trauma around that. And uh I just was continuing to to ball, and it at a uh, at a certain point, I um, the energy and just continuing to repeat, like I'm ready to heal, I'm ready to heal, mm-hmm. I'm ready to heal. As I was crying, and then all of a sudden, I felt this this feeling starting to come up my stomach from the bottom of where I um, from my pelvis mm-hmm. all the way up, and I had to run to the bathroom. And started dry heaving into the toilet 
<laughs> and it 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 felt like um like the only image that I can give to to really describe the level of emotional release that I experienced was um have you ever watched a video of a dam explosion no like it, it, there are these mm. these videos where they'll they'll do river restoration projects and they'll um set explosive devices all along the dam and there's just a moment where it goes and the water starts rushing through and I was laying on the bathroom floor curled in a ball crying and it felt so fucking good that's awesome Uh, (laughs) so I'm I'm still uh Trip, trying right? to wrap my head around yeah. how that happened from a breathing method. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the the fact that that is um, that that is here and all of us have access to that yeah. is something that I'm really excited to talk with you about. Yeah. I mean, that's what's so cool about it is that's all you're doing is breathing. So I love that. And I love that about being a facilitator is that even when it gets scary like that, like that was scary, right? Yes. And painful. And like, what the fuck is going on here? And all you're doing is breathing. So if I can just bring you back to that point, like, hey, you're just breathing, just in and out. That's it. Like right here, right now. You're cool. But it also shows you how powerful and like how grateful we can be that we have this incredible tool to help resolve whatever is going on you know because if that if that one session can bring up things that you haven't thought about in years and bring you to that kind of emotional release like i don't know you don't forget about that you know yeah Mm -hmm. um so how did you come across this um this method Uh, My mom actually introduced me to it. She is an incredible lady. I love her very much. She's been through a lot of trauma herself. And so she's tried tons of different modalities and happened to be introduced to this one. And it actually, I don't tell people this very often because I don't want to scare them, but (laughs) the first session she did brought her to a trauma place so quickly um, that it scared her, number one, that she stopped the session early, but also she was like, oh, this is for real, you know? Because to do like 25, 30 years of therapy, a lot of things, a lot, a lot of work, and then lay down and take 10 connected breaths and go back to a trauma place. Like that's insane and wonderful. So she began to get certified in this method. This The method's called transformational breathing. And... Then let's see, maybe several months later, we were talking and any method that she comes across, she says, like she offers it to all of her kids, you know, but I'm always kind of the little sponge and whatever you say. And, um, I was going through a breakup and, uh, I would say I was experiencing like an inordinate amount of pain for how long the relationship was. And I was just kind of stuck in this grief pattern. And she said, Uh, I don't know where you're at. Like, I'm not trying to say you shouldn't be sad or whatever, but it feels like you're a bit stuck. And so maybe try this, this work, I will pay for it. I will send you to this workshop and go. And so I was like, whatever, you know, like can't hurt. So I went and I was the person that (laughs) when you showed up to this workshop and people are like, that have been doing it for a while, they're like, how long have you been breathing? And I was like, Uh, my whole life (laughs) this is so stupid you know (laughs) I was really like this is dumb I literally said mom can we sit over there away from these people like I don't know I'm not into it so I listened and I listened to the same explanation part of that you know like oh our breath is so powerful we're not taught how and you know all of these things I'm like yeah yeah whatever I'm not gonna be one of those people that takes a few deep breaths and then starts crying and sure enough man Um, by the end of that first session, it was only like 30 minutes. I was, uh, tapped into some sort of deep grief. Like the, the, the experience I was having at the time was related to things from way before I'm sure. But like sometimes these surface level items can like bring up the good stuff. So, um, I was, I began to be a believer after that very first session. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, 
how did uh, this method, transformational breathing, come about? Uh, the founder, her name is Judith Kravitz. She she has a really cool story, actually. I won't tell you all of it because uh, I don't want to mess it up in terms of details. But she had been doing breath work herself for years and like rebirthing and holotropic breath work. And she got cancer, actually, like a tumor in her throat. And she heard spirits say, like lead her to, you need to practice what you preach, basically because they were going to operate this giant tumor on her in her throat. And so she did. She said, uh, I forget how long it was, but several months, I think at least a month of like consistently breathing, doing these practices that you say are so powerful. And so she did. And by the end of, she was putting lotion on her neck, maybe like three months later, I think, and noticed that the tumor had just disappeared. So uh, that was the beginning of her, her journey. And so it just, she ended up collaborating with some other people, but noticing that there's a particular, as I mentioned earlier, the breath is so important, right? There is a science that they've developed called the breathing analysis, I guess, and the breath pattern analysis, where I can look at the way you breathe and where I see movement and what muscles are contracting and tell a lot about your beliefs. And so she started doing some body mapping and noticing different areas that hold certain emotions and can kind of see what's in your subconscious just by looking at the way you breathe. And so then learning to modify that in order to clear some of these beliefs that maybe aren't serving you or keeping you from living the full life that you're meant to live. And so, um, and then how did you become trained in this? So you went to the, uh-huh. you, I went to the workshop, went to the workshop and holy, sh- holy shit, this yeah, is yeah, for yeah. real. Really? And it was so funny because the one the, the even the end of it like four, it's five days long and we do what you did uh three times a day like an hour-long session mixed with some other classes and things and uh not all of them are that intense but some are really nice and peaceful so we do that and by the end uh even the fourth day I was like I'm not I mean this is cool but I was still kind of like stuck you know and f- finally there was a breakthrough moment where I allowed myself to feel whatever I was feeling, which at that time was like, this is stupid. I don't want to do this. I don't want to breathe this way. They're like, sorry, prodding around. And, um, and my mom was there and encouraged me to just take whatever you feel into the session. And so I allowed myself for the first time, and I don't remember how long, to just be like a bitch, essentially, and be pissed and be like, I don't want to, like this little kid that was like throwing a tantrum, you know, like, I hate this. I hate you. You're ugly. This is stupid. And so I allowed myself to feel whatever I was really feeling. And by, at the end of that session, I was like a different person. Wow. So the founder the next day, she said like, hey, are you going to go on to be a facilitator? And I was like, listen, woman, I just gave you a bunch of money and, you know, relax. Well, my mom did. But and <laughs> and then uh, so I was like still not really on board necessarily. Just like I'm still figuring it out. And then. Like a week later, the the way that I felt was was truly different, and I the way that I thought and the way that I connected to myself and other people and everything felt so different, and it stayed that way that I really wanted to share it with people. So right. I went on to be trained. Right. There's um, a difference in knowing something intellectually, which it's really easy for us to do to intellectually be able to get over trauma. Um, and be able to talk it out with someone. But there's something beyond words that is clearly difficult to to access for for a lot of us. And and for me to... Like you said, you thought you were over these things. Like you processed it. You're not upset. It's just you're cool. Broke my arm when I was 16. Had the ruptured appendix when I was 15. Move on. 10, 12 12 years ago. So that... So then from there... What were um, the big lessons that you learned in becoming a facilitator? Because last night there were, it was it was a big difference having you there as opposed to if I was just doing that breathing on my um, by yeah, myself for sure. So what are you? Um, what's your mindset when mm. you're in a session? Like you and you can yeah. use use me as an example okay. of what what you were noticing, okay, uh, and what you were doing. Okay, that's a great question. Um, you learn a lot of things, but one of the premises that helps me so much actually is that, um, 
Number one, this inherent belief that like you are perfect already. There's nothing to fix here. You're not broken. We have some of these energies that, you know, are maybe showing up in our physical life, but like your, your soul is good. I don't have to, I don't have to fix you. So that's super important for me. Um, Hmm. And also that whatever you need, you're going to get that. I am not in charge of your session. I'm truly like, I love the term that I'm a transformational breath facilitator because I'm doing my best to bring what I've got in my training to help facilitate you to clear some of this stuff out, but like, I'm not in charge. So, um, so bring me into the situation okay. last night. Yeah. So last night yeah. beforehand you said, Hey, so there might be some sounds that are going to come out. <laughs> some people might be crying. Yeah. Uh, Isn't that you, funny? One girl was worried that she was going to cry too much and that <laughs> Kyle was going to judge her for crying. Nah. <laughs> nah. He took the cake. I took the cake. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, I, I was making jokes beforehand. Like, well, you know, I have been uh, recently on a, a, a bow hunting trip with a ram, so I've been practicing my, my sheep noises. I mean, meh, meh. <laughs> so something like that might come out. Kind of did. <laughs> Little oh. did I know. Yeah. <laughs> One frequency something away. Like yeah. How would that have been if, if I just would that have weirded you out if I would have started making animal noises? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it. You see crazy shit. Yeah. I bet. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah. Yeah, there were, I mean, there was a point, too, where I was doing very deep, like, yeah. <sighs> like, yeah. like wrenching yeah. sounds that, yeah. that were coming out. Yeah. So there's a, the cool thing is I don't know what's going on for you. Totally. I will never know what you're experiencing. So sometimes that's really cool because I'll be like, that person is not getting anything out of the session and then it'll be over and they're like, whoa, that was the most profound experience in my entire life. I saw Jesus and I'm not even a Christian, you know, but then, uh, on the other hand, I don't know what's going on for you. So I'm trying to like support you in those moments. And so I just hold on to a couple of tools and the breath is the easiest one to hold on to. So I mentioned that I can like change your, if you change your breath, you can change your life. So it's the same thing when, when that starts to happen for somebody that they go into this really deep traumatic place, because yes, you were over it, like you said, on a conscious level, but your subconscious experienced a tremendous amount of pain and even 15, like we don't know how to process that. And we don't sometimes we like physically don't know how and emotionally don't know how we don't have the tools for that. We don't want to. And just to think about being under anesthesia and like that hurt, hurt, you know? And so your cells are kind of like crying out and they have things to express, you know? So that stuff is stored in your subconscious, whether you're, you know it or not, you know, none of us know what's in there. So what I think is better out than in. And so as you start to experience some of that trauma and, um, let's see are crying a lot or something. I want to let you feel it because it's important that release, like you said, the same time, I don't want you to stay there. And so that's a lot of intuition, like just seeing what's okay. How long, how long does he need to cry? When is it becoming not beneficial? So let you cry for as long as you need. And uh, also physically, if you're in pain, if your hands are super tight or something like that, then I want that to release because that's a, it's a symbol um, signal of holding on and like the fear manifesting in your hands. And so, okay, good. Let's try to slow the breath down a little bit because your exhale, like some people will say that hyperventilating, oh, you're just hyperventilating. And so your hands are tingling and that makes sense, which is true, but you're hyperventilating because you're afraid. And so if I can slow down your exhale a little bit, that will tell your subconscious it's safe to let go. It's safe. So like flipping you over like that, also physically makes you feel a little more safe. You're not, your chest isn't exposed to the air. Your face isn't exposed. So you can kind of comfort yourself laying down on your stomach and then hear your breath, hear how it's always there. And then it tells your subconscious, okay, it's safe to let go. I'm ready to heal. I'm cool in this moment. And before the session started, you, that was one of the, um, piece of advice that you get gave is that the focus is on the inhale, not on the exhale. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. And is that because the exhale, uh, a conscious exhale tends to be holding on to? It depends. It depends. Depends. Okay. Can I talk about, can I say something about yours? Absolutely. Yes. So, uh, I want to understand it. That's the the reason I'm having this conversation is because I'm still kind of spinning from the experience. What's cool is that you have a solid relationship with your breath already, right? From just being in the water and everything. Like you have a really nice, big, open breath. So that brings a lot of integration. Some people are breathing super shallowly. And they like, you can't see any movement when I look at them, but you are like super, like you're ready. You were ready and probably not afraid because <laughs> you didn't know. Um, so that's cool. But with your exhale, there was a, you know, like a pushing out and a contraction. And so what that says, like via Judith, uh, in the thousands of hundreds of thousands of people that she's breathed, there's a relationship between the exhale, meaning when you're pushing it out, it's almost like you, you believe that you have to push the bad things away. You have to control the situation that you can't relax because something bad might happen. And so if you can relax your exhale, then it helps you to like, I don't know, just trust the universe a little bit more. Trust your higher self, trust spirit instead of your, your power, you know? Uh, so the emphasis on the inhale relates to that meaning the more you focus on the good and just let go of everything else. So focus on the good, let go of everything else, bring it in. You deserve it. I deserve it. If I'm going to, I want to be here. I want to be in this life. That's a different energy, right? Then like, okay, I'm going to breathe in and then push everything bad away. Right. Does that make sense? hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. And I, mm-hmm. and I, uh, have that habit mm-hmm. if I'm, uh, you know, on a film project and it's been a big day or something's not going well, or there's an unexpected, um, unexpected thing that came out the other day. Um, you know, one of the interviews had some scratchy audio in it. And Mm -hmm. when I learned that I I did, okay, Mm -hmm. all right, Mm -hmm. we're going to solve this. We'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. And Hunter. Yeah, absolutely. That is, that is something that I know that I breathe. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, so you flipped me over mm-hmm. so that I could be in in a different position, release more, um, continue walking me through that. And then there was a point when you when you um, realized there was okay, that's maybe holding in the crying state. Mm-hmm. Walk mm-hmm. me through the rest of your uh, mental process through that session, mm-hmm. what you're noticing. Okay. So before I flip you over, Everybody breathes in a different way. The goal is for there to be, have you ever seen a baby breathe? Yeah. Right? Or a dog? They breathe like super fluid, you know? And just everything's moving super soft, like... That's the goal. Yeah. But, um, like I said, we hold our breath sometimes. We also contract certain muscles. So, people that breathe, uh, maybe like... The muscles that expand when they breathe are in the solar plexus. Those are super like hardworking, perfectionistic people. If they want something done, they do it themselves. Um, they can breathe up in their chest, but they'll do it when they feel like it, you know, which is symbolic of they'll show their emotions, but when they choose. And they'll feel what they feel, but when they choose, when it feels safe. So to talk about you, you're breathing super, like you have a very nice open breath, but you're breathing quite a bit in your chest, which means it feels like a lot. So that's good because you needed to, but then there needs to be some balance as well, bringing the breath all the way back down to your lower belly, which helps you feel grounded, helps you feel safe so that if you are feeling things, you're still, you're still secure and safe. So if I flip you over, It makes you feel safe because you feel the whole ground there. You're not so vulnerable, but also you can feel your lower belly, the pressure of the ground pressing into that. And that just naturally starts to smooth things out. Gotcha. What is uh, someone who breathes from their lower stomach say about them? If you say people who breathe from the solar plexus tend to be hardworking perfectionists. Mm -hmm. Um, Walk me through a few of those uh, personality traits that Mm -hmm. tend to result from different types of breath. Mm Mm-hmm. So we've got the middle breathers. That's what I was for sure. I had to lay on my stomach a lot just to like calm that down. Um, Not very many people are naturally lower belly breathers. 
So that's where we first get into this. We teach you, okay, like, let's see how this feels to do this lower expansion. Um, but what accessing that area is about is your grounding, uh, feeling secure with who you are, feeling worthy to receive all of the good that there is in the world. Um, yeah, those are the main ones. Even like low, if you're having like digestive issues and things like that, it's super important to breathe there. What we see more is not just low belly breathers, but but that some people are, it's easier for them to breathe there than it is in their chest, or they can only breathe in one area or the other. So the chest, like I said, usually people who like, if I lay you down and say, oh, okay, take a few deep breaths, and I see this big, beautiful like expansion in the chest, and these are like the spiritual people who like would way rather hang out in like la la land and dreamland and are super emotional all of this they love spiritual conversations they love um they just love to feel and feel connected to spirit the issue can be if they can't also breathe in their lower belly it can manifest like um they can't make it to an appointment on time. Amen. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so, or like maybe people take advantage of them a lot. And so just by teaching people that are chest breathers to breathe in their lower belly, they will start to get better with boundaries and uh, just making their dreams a reality. So. Wow. Mm-hmm, it's pretty cool. What else have you noticed? Anything, any other? I think this is fascinating. It's for, cool, huh? I'm sure there's some people listening to their car, uh, cars like, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I totally get taken advantage of. Yep. And and you're not meant to breathe in this like integrative fashion all the time. But once you do, once you start paying attention to where the breath is going and where there's restrictions, you can. uh, It's just so much easier to tweak things in your life. So for me, if I'm about to do like I don't know a podcast or something, and I'm feeling nervous, you can feel it in your chest, right? That's where usually anxiety hangs out. So I will put my hand on my lower belly and take some deep breaths in my lower belly just to take, pull some of that energy down and go like, no, it's all good. Like everything's cool. So I love it for the practical use, just like a few breaths, you know? Um, what else have I noticed? Uh, there's what I think is one of the most fascinating things is like, even if people can breathe super um super fully and they're like oh yeah look at me i'm doing well they'll have like the little like a little twitch or something so like when they breathe in they kind of rock their head backwards or their neck muscle like, i don't know what this is called uh this little thing here but it'll like twitch and so if i see that it's like a a very subconscious need to control and so if i if i hold that thing still or encourage you to do so or even with the jaw some people are like yeah i'm like open your mouth nice and wide and they're trying to breathe in and then they'll take one breath in with their mouth open and then it just closes right back up and they don't even know they're doing it but it's just a, a means to control so if i like limit that and hold that muscle still or hold their head still gently then they uh the whole breath will change and they'll have whatever like whatever emotion is being controlled by that thing will come out it's awesome yeah um isn't that wild it's so wild yeah it's it's so wild (laughs) (laughs) um what other uh so there there are these sessions obviously that are so easy so applicable um to anyone who Mm -hmm. wants to do them um but what other practical uh, practical applications would you uh, give to people as they're entering into different situations in their life for example you said if you're nervous Mm -hmm. holding your belly Mm -hmm. for a couple minutes and taking a few breaths out of your stomach Mm -hmm. um what else would you recommend for people as they're moving through their day uh just to notice and how many of us are breathing shallowly um because it's an indicator that you're anxious or upset or something. So just pay attention. But in terms of tools and things to use, I like to start my day with what I call 100 breaths. It's just like five minutes. I put on a song that feels good. Like what kind of mood do I want to be in today? Uh, What do I need today? And then put on a song five minutes or count 100 times and just do that breathing. and keep your jaw super relaxed, keep your body super relaxed, just to like go inward and see what's going on. Cause just that five minutes can change the whole outlook of your day. Right. You know? And you're doing it continuously. So, um, uh, mm-hmm. for someone who wants to practice this tomorrow mm-hmm. morning, are there any other tips that you would give them before going in? So it's, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And you don't stop for a hundred breaths. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, I like to think there's no pauses between your inhale and exhale. So often, at least for me, it feels like it's too fast. But the cool thing that happens is then your body just picks up the rhythm. You don't have to focus like, okay, in, out, in, out. It just will go. So that's the main thing is you emphasize the inhale. If you need a visual, use a visual. I like to visualize sometimes like pushing a pushing a rock or a snowball or something up a hill and then it falls off. Up a hill, falls off. So, and notice where you feel tension too. You can use this. Um, if your shoulders are tense or if your stomach is hurting, or if you just feel you just kind of like feel around on your body and see where you feel some pain and then do this circuitous breathing. Um, yeah, it's, it's best to have, like, if you're going to do like a full on guided session, do that with a facilitator right. because, because it can get intense and you want somebody to help support you through that. So that when you come out of it, you, you don't feel like you just stirred up a bunch of shit and then. That's it. Nowhere to go. You know, exactly. Yeah. But the five minutes is good because you focus on the inhale. You focus on bringing in joy. Yeah. I, if you would have told me this before, I would have experienced it myself. It's just breathing. I don't yeah, need yeah, a yeah. facilitator. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, yeah. What do you think we're doing? Like, yeah. a, this isn't ayahuasca. Like, yeah. what? But no, I can really see that if if you get down into that level of depth and you don't have anyone to help you work through it. It can um, be terrifying, right? It can be right? terrifying. You can get stuck. And mm-hmm. I'm sure that it's probably still better than not doing it for, for the sure. most part. Yeah. Because it's then it's like at least on the surface right. of your mind. And so then whatever you go through, you can help process it another way. But the best thing, because the breath is the energy that helps integrate that emotion. That's all the point is it's, it's energetic. It's right. integrating it. So you always, I always come back to like, and you maybe remember last night, like, okay, just come back. Let it be easy. Let mm-hmm. your breath come. Because that's how, if the emotion comes up, the breath will integrate it. Right. That's it. Um, where would you recommend, so let's say someone tomorrow morning wants to put, throw a song on, do 100 breaths. Wow, that felt good. Mm-hmm. I had a great day today. Mm-hmm. Um, what would be the next step for them? After that. Yeah, after that, go to a, go to a, um, are there any classes or sites that you recommend oh for sure check it out the transformational breath website is really good there's tons of facilitators all over the world actually that you can do private sessions with or if you want there's three-day events there are five-day events there are all sorts of good things so just go to that website and find find someone how long have you been breathing i know isn't that ridiculous (laughs) it's so bad it scares away 30 percent of them i know know. goddamn hippies i'm out of here (laughs) i know what is this place so at least i felt like that and now i'm like oh it's for real yeah it's good yeah um i love it are you familiar with the wim hof method a little bit actually will you tell me a little bit about it people keep telling me that i need to practice that yeah he's he's popular he's popularized a method of breathing um that has profound effects in the last um just few years really um he is an old charismatic man who um has developed a, a breathing exercise that allows um you to accomplish really incredible physical feats um mm-hmm. one is to withstand cold temperatures for a lo- long periods of time um one that i think is the most mind-blowing is um he it's he's developed the technique that allows him to regulate his autonomic nervous system mm-hmm. um and he had scientists come in and um test him and as well as a group of of people because he wanted to show that hey this is i'm not a scientific anomaly i can teach this method to other people and they ejected um all of the um students with some kind of um some kind of disease and they did the method of, of breathing and they were able to monitor the cells fighting off the disease in a way that um, most humans aren't able to control That's awesome. um, his breathing technique is a little bit different um, his uh, I believe it's roughly 30 breaths mm-hmm. where you go in and hold and exhale 100% and then exhale 70% and then mm-hmm. in 100% exhale 70% 30 times so it's mm-hmm. <sighs> and then on the 30th breath you exhale completely so you Mm. get everything out and you you can even press in on your abdomen so you go 
and then you hold in as long as you can. Usually that's about a minute. And then you take one big inhale and you hold as long as you can there. And you do a few rounds of that. Um, and I was doing that method with my friend Hank uh, out in Hawaii, actually on a recent trip. And I found that it gave me a ton of energy. Mm. Um, it, it's a very powerful feeling that yeah. you get after. It's very much uh, ready to start the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. High fives and chest pumps. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and a lot of people who I respect have gone through the Wim Hof course as well and have talked about the profound effects. Uh, one is a, a guy named Josh Waitskin. Um, mm-hmm. He's my hero. He wrote a book called The Art of Learning. You would really recommend that. <laughs> you would love this book. You would love this book. Okay. Um, Tim Ferriss also. He's had he's had him on. He's had Josh Waitskin on his podcast a couple times. Um, any anyway, he was the um, the character base for the the book and the movie Searching for Bobby Fischer. He's okay. a he's a chess oh, yeah, chess prodigy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from chess prodigies to <laughs> yep, billionaire yep. investors. He's talking yep. talking about Josh Waitskin. Anyway, Josh Waitskin was raving about the Wim Hof method. Um, after becoming a chess prodigy, he uh, became um, uh, jujitsu um, champion. Trained under Marcelo Garcia. Um, total badass. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was raving about it. So it does have, and so there's a ton of validity behind what he is doing, um, the Wim Hof method. And yeah. I highly recommend it for people. Um, but it was n- nothing that I've done with the Wim Hof method has brought me into the place that I experienced last night. Yeah. It was much more of a, it's much more of a, yeah, it feels good. Mm-hmm. I feel great. Um, so it seems like that has different applications. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you should check it out. You'd be For interested. Sure. Uh, so that I can, even just to know the difference, to me it would seem just right listening to you that the physical benefits are obvious, right? You're breathing in so much more oxygen, which is all that vitality and power, and here I go, you know, and detoxifying with every exhale. But in terms of psychological, um, energetic, like emotional release, yeah. the I think that the importance being like the the softness, also the connection, um, you know, less control. Right. So yeah, it's a controlled the, exhale. Right. So if the control is what is keeping the emotions in your subconscious in the first place, the repression, then like extra control with your breath isn't really going to help. Maybe get you to that place. Might bring some euphoria, but makes sense yeah but they're both they but i mean just depends what you're looking for yeah you're a runner how have you applied uh your breathing techniques to mm. marathon running mm. uh, well honestly i haven't trained as much since i got certified to do this breath work but what i notice is there's obviously like the the euphoria and everything that comes why everyone's like oh running feels so good but that, that pattern is how it goes you know when you're like it's a little more controlled, I would say, but um, when I train now, I focus on relaxing my exhale more. Okay. Yeah. Just to let it be easy, you know. Let your workouts be fun. Let it's not doesn't have to be so intense all the time. Yeah. Makes me feel like I have a little bit more uh, endurance. Yeah. No, I, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and how about uh, heat and cold exposure? Have you found mm. that breathing has your breathing techniques have impacted your ability to? Uh, withstand different temperatures? No, I have not tested that. You're in Costa Rica. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, not, a lot of, not a lot of cold here. It's either perfect out no. or it's really hot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I will say that breathing in this fashion in warm temperatures speeds up integration by half. Oh, wow. Yeah. There's actually a practice that we do that where we breathe with a snorkel in a hot tub to sort of simulate the womb experience. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And the integration happens super fast. It's very powerful. Mm-hmm. Isn't that cool? A bunch of people in a hot tub with snorkels on crying. Yeah, it's pretty weird. I know, it's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> we know you don't cry. It's, di- it's different because um, I was actually like, I'm not really into this. You imagine that again. And... Um, but I really did go to this, like, and the attention is there too. You know, that's what the purpose of the exercise is, is to integrate any sort of womb trauma, you know, because right. your subconscious stores everything. So if, say, your parents were fighting all the time while you were in the womb, 
that kind of energy can be integrated during the session. So I actually felt super peaceful, like more peaceful. Like there was nothing I was worried about when I was in this session. I just totally enjoyed feeling like I'm here in this water. I'm chilling. I'm breathing. Like the, the breathing is very gentle, but then you get to have this beautiful, like a new birth. So if there was trauma around your birth, you at least have like a new memory kind of of what it might like my mom was actually there when right. I did this so she got to like hold me tell me how excited she was that I was born like what a great life I was gonna have all of these things so it's yeah. just a cool yeah cool thing mm-hmm. yeah yesterday I sat down with Jeff the doctor here at Rhythmia yeah. and um, we had a great podcast and he was saying that one of the um, results of ayahuasca is it, it reshapes your neural pathways mm-hmm. um, and those memories he, he used the example of if you had a scary experience with a dog when you were a child and now for no reason you're you're afraid of dogs you know for for this something that happened to you mm-hmm. when you were three or four years old mm-hmm. but you like dogs you what you want to like dogs yeah, everyone yeah. around you likes dogs but um, you haven't been able to ha- um, have the neuroplasticity to reshape that that mm-hmm. pathway and that's um on a, a scientific level what mm-hmm. ayahuasca can do for people mm-hmm. have do you are you aware of any science around um the reshaping of pathways around the breath work i am not okay but i wouldn't be surprised right um you also were saying i mean you work here at rhythmia you have access to ayahuasca anytime you want yeah and you said that you've taken it um twice mm-hmm. right, would you be willing to talk about your experience and kind of your reasons for not doing it more sure uh well when i first came here it wasn't i didn't realize that the plant medicine was such a, a focus i had only met one person who had journeyed before and he did that in peru like one person and so I came here to do the breath work and because I love Costa Rica and all of that. So there was a bit of a, I need to learn about this. Um, also. You're good. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was nervous too. And this is my new job, my new work, and it felt very vulnerable for me. And so I really wanted to get settled and feel like it was right. And I didn't, it's a new thing. And so when I finally did decide to participate in a ceremony was because I felt like, okay, I really want to go. I want, I don't want to not go because I'm afraid of the vulnerability or of what I might see in there. And so I really wanted to go and I felt as safe as I possibly could with the group that was going to be there, the shaman that was going to be there. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. I can see, um, one thing that I'm going through since this is such a a new world for me, Mm -hmm. it was so profound is, not, I mean, we're kind of screaming the screaming ayahuasca from a, the top of a hill as I am because I'm so excited about it. But yeah. I do think that it's really important to talk about that mindset going in beforehand and mm, not mm-hmm. not just say, "Oh my God, I have this friend who's super fucked up. I'm going to give him some yeah. ayahuasca yeah. and it's going to fix him." Because yeah. I don't think that that is the most healthy way to make it happen. Yeah. Um, and it seems that you have a very healthy relationship with your mind and your mm-hmm. spirit and you're not Thank just you. going back in and be like, oh god i take yeah. another one yeah. um get back into this world where i feel connected to myself yeah um and i that's that is a relationship that i would like to have with the plant medicine mm-hmm. and not um develop the kind of like oh, i could really use another yeah feeling you know and and i i, I mean this stuff's super sacred super sacred right super powerful. so that was also my thing is like i don't i don't feel familiar enough with with the plant and with everything to just go in there and get what I need, you know? So to me, I really wanted to come in there with a sense of reverence and as vulnerable as I could be knowing that I don't know much about this plant, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, yeah, I think that's really important. And same for the breath work too. If you come in there and you're like, I got to go because somebody tells me I got to go, just like anything, you know, you're, you're going to get out of it more if you're prepared and if you go with it, a certain intention. Right. Well, um, before we started the session mm-hmm. yesterday, the breath work session, um, you asked what our intention was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, I would really like to connect back in with that, that self that I experienced um, during the ayahuasca ceremony. You said, okay, well, what does that self mean? That's too yeah. obtuse. And I said, well, it's this, this self of just pure love compassion i don't want to have that self-judgment and that feeling of not being enough you're like okay 
great. All right. There we go. That's, I love that's what good. you said, by the way. That Thank was you. beautiful. Um, and uh, it was very similar to what the facilitators recommend during ayahuasca ceremonies, is to mm-hmm. become very clear and very specific about your intention. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, talk about a little bit about that, because we didn't, we didn't really cover that going into the breath work. What mm-hmm. would you recommend? What questions would you recommend people ask themselves before? Before the to, breath work or before, before breath, a journey? Before the breath work. Before both, really. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. Ah, uh, man. Well, I was going to say your intention is important. I really believe it. We, we a lot of times feel like life is happening to us, but we are incredibly powerful beings. And so your intention is really important. Sometimes it manifests in ways that, that you can't really explain. And people who journey often or just have would know like, oh, this was my intention and my ceremony was not like that at all and I don't even remember but somehow you're getting closer to it I believe or it may be manifest in a different way so like for you your intention to connect with that that pure love self and yet you had this very intense emotional experience it didn't look maybe the way you thought it was going to look but that's like I mentioned at the beginning I have to believe that everything is is perfect and to me that you needed to go through that sort of place to clear some of that stuff out so that it is easier for you to connect with your highest self, right. you know, more easily, more naturally, more frequently. Right. Um, yesterday I was also talking with Jeff and he was talking about the, uh, success rates, uh, at traditional, um, rehab centers. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. It's about 12%. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. 12%, um, one year sober outside. Um, and he also said that one of the, the catch 22s with, um, with drug addicts are that, um, they can't take ayahuasca, um, while they're addicted to heroin. Right. They're, they need to get off of that. And there are other, um, medicines such as ibogaine Mm -hmm. that have been found to be really effective in getting people off of heroin. But, um, there's there's an issue there because sometimes people who have who are clinically depressed and are on SSRIs um, they can't take ayahuasca right. either. Um, is breath work something that they could start Absolutely. with? Okay, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's especially if they if they want to take ayahuasca, and you so you're going to be clean from all of those antidepressants and anti anxieties and things. Then to do the breath work because a lot of that stuff is is numbing emotions that you don't want to feel right Right. and the pain is so much so if you can take that to somebody who can support you through the breath work they'll absolutely help the process for sure right is there uh does this breath technique used at traditional rehabilitation centers some some Mm -hmm. i know there's one in florida for sure Mm-hmm. Working with addictions. I'm surprised, they so haven't made, I'm surprised that, uh, they haven't made it illegal yet. I know, right? It's so effective. It's free. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everybody can do it. Yeah. Yeah. That I, that was, um, Jeff was also saying that uh, the response rate here when when asked um, patients, um, when, when Rhythmia asks patients, um, did you receive your miracle? Mm-hmm. Right? What is the miracle? He said it was somewhere in the, uh, around, around 88%. Um, and I, w- I would bet that breath work has a big part to do with that. Mm-hmm. There, there is this, like ayahuasca is so cool, right? Like yeah. we love to talk about, like, yeah. you know, ayahuasca and it's this mm-hmm. vine that you find down in the Amazon jungle and it mm-hmm. allows you to meet yourself. Yeah. But, um, again, for me, the, the breath work was as or more profound mm-hmm. than the ayahuasca experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm really happy that we're able to talk about this here. Yeah, me too. Is there anything else um, that you want to cover before we wrap this up? Well, I just like, I like that point that for some people, I love the way that they have it set up here at Rhythmia that you can do ayahuasca and the breath work, uh, both or one or the other. And it's so cool to see that some people really do gravitate toward one or the other or both. And then the, the combination is perfect you know like how can you know that you did your journey a couple days before your breath work we have no idea what your breath work session would have been like had you not done ayahuasca and vice versa some people do the breath work and then 
go do their journey and then they're like wow I, I came back to my breath every time and it helped me so much during my journey so they're like they're so good together um but I believe like your spirit knows what you need you know and so it's going to call you in one direction or the other but hey if you are called to do both like I feel like that's that, that was the that was benefit. the most interesting thing was the, it was how I, I set the intention but I had no idea <laughs> no idea yeah. that I still had trauma around these injuries yeah yeah and that my mind went straight there into yeah. a room with the the anesthesiologist yep so crystal clear like it was yesterday that's awesome mm-hmm. right on um well where can people find you if they want to reach out where can they find me I don't even know. I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll say it later. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll figure it out. They They'll can find, find me at Rhythmia. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. We made it through another one. We've got some good episodes coming out for you in the coming days and weeks. Next up is with Jerry Powell, the founder of Rhythmia, to circle out this psychedelic trifecta. And then uh, Kai Lenny professional big wave surfer if you're in the surfing world you know who he is and so so many more i've been recording like crazy but have not had the time to be uploading like crazy so that's what's going to be happening in the coming weeks hey if you like this podcast before you take off give it a rating on itunes please 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 i'd appreciate it or don't whatever it's not like i care it's all good but actually seriously it does matter so uh if you have two minutes give it a few stars helps more people find it all right uh as always get in touch with me on my website kyle.surf or instagram you know what to do and get outside start breathing take a deep breath dive underwater and have a great day <laughs>